Welcome to the Women in NFTs and Web3 podcast, where we highlight women in this space who are making massive moves, paving the way and leaving their legacy. I'm Caitlin Strempel, CEO of the first ever women-owned NFT marketing and design agency for women by women and your host. I'm honored to have you join me in learning from some of the greatest leaders in our industry. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because the more traction we get, the more women we can support in helping them impact the world. If you or someone you know would be a great guest, stick around to the end and I will tell you how to get in touch and apply. Enjoy the show. Saba is a game dev entrepreneur, a multidisciplinary 2D and 3D artist, NFT collector, and a mom of one human and eight cats. Yes, eight. Saba loves to create and spread positivity, and she's the founder and artist of the Fuzzy Mints. Welcome. How are you? Hey. Hi, Caitlin. I'm good. How are you? Great. I am so happy to have you here. I think you're probably one of our first 3D artists in here and game dev entrepreneur. So I'm really, <laughs> yes, this is going to be amazing. I cannot wait. Um, but before we dive in, I wanted to do our three little questions that we always start with. I call them the icebreakers. So the first one is a sister spotlight. Who is a shout out to a woman that you have in this space? Um, I, can I shout out two women in this Of space? course, the more the merrier. Okay. I mean, there's so many, but there's um, two that uh, I, I really want to highlight. Uh, one of them is called Anna Isabel. Um, she's an amazing photographer in the NFT space. Um, her Twitter account is also there, uh, but mainly she is a driving force for women in NFTs because um she was one of the first uh, people who I found when I started the, uh, when I joined the NFT space back way back in April last year. And, you know, I was kind of lost and I was looking for like a community to belong to, like a tribe to belong to. And Anna had created a collective of uh, women artists or uh, artists who identify as women um, called NFT goddesses. And this was like a collection of 3D artists, 2D artists, photographers, you know, um, and uh, so I, I, I messaged Anna on, on Twitter and I was like, how can I be an NFT goddess? I really want to be an NFT goddess. And she was so warm and so welcoming and so inviting. Um, and so there's a Discord group. We have a Twitter group. Uh, it's a community of really supportive women. We always encourage each other's work. We shared, we retweeted. But Anna is a start of it all. So I really want to give a big shout out to Anna Isabel. I love um, and It's NFT goddesses. NFT goddesses. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, I'm excited. All right. She just yeah. definitely deserves a shout out. Yes. She's a founder of NFT goddesses. And the second shout out would be to somebody who I brought into the NFT space. Um, and that's my sister actually. And uh, she goes by the name of oblivious on Twitter. Hi. And, um, I'm, I just want to shout out to her because I'm so super proud of her because there's so many ways that you can uh, build a space for yourself in the NFT space. And she's done it so beautifully. So she is now a, a professional Discord moderator. Yay. And um, she's on two of the biggest women-led projects as a mod. And I'm so proud of her because I just told her about NFTs and I, you know, and she had a ton of questions for me. Um, and when she got in, she really just took the reins and she just went ahead with it. And she found out what her strengths were in the system and went ahead with it. And, um, she has been, so before this, she wasn't working. She was, um, a mom. So she was, uh, you know, she has now a five-year-old. So now she has more time. So she's also super proud of herself because she's like, I'm actually working right now and I'm so proud of doing it. So it's like a full circle. So Anna kind of helped me in NFT space and then I helped my sister. And I think, that's a wonderful circle. That's why I wanted to shout out two women instead of one. I love that. And I, that's why I love having the sister spot, uh, the sister spotlight, just because it literally like, it allows you to really bring these women to the forefront. Um, and can we just talk about discord mods? They are literally like the unsung heroes of this oh, community yes. because there is nothing without community. So, and they have to deal with a lot sometimes. So yeah, yeah, they absolutely do. I mean, and it's hard work and it's, you know, yeah. you think it's just chatting, but it's actually a lot of work. So it is. Yeah. I, I'm terrible at it. That's why I can really appreciate when people do it well. 
<laughs> I am too. I know. We need to get some more Discord mods on here. I'm going to be reaching out to you soon for your sister. Get her on <laughs> oh, here. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Sure. All right. So what does your morning routine look like? Um, this is, so, <laughs> I'm not really proud of this right now, but, um, like you're not alone. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> two years ago though, I was really following, um, the miracle morning, um, by Hal Elrod, the morning routine there. I don't even know if I remember what was in there, but there was like six things that you do each for five minutes. And it really just sets like the tone of the day and you start the day very spiritually, uh, very healthily right now. I have a two-year-old. And my schedule is really just kind of dictated by this little child. So I wake up when he wakes me up and sometimes at 7 a.m. in the morning and sometimes he lets me sleep in and I'm like, I'm going to sleep in and wake up when he wakes up and I wake up at 10 a.m. So yeah, my morning routine right now is to wake up to my smiling baby and then we brush our teeth together. We get out of our pajamas and we have breakfast together, me and my husband and my baby and so it's more of like giving time to the family. And I really, I really, um, it's really precious that time for me because I feel like, again, it sets the tone of the day that, you know, we give him that attention and I love that he deserves. And then he kind of goes on and plays on his own. And we're like, okay, now we can work. Yes. <laughs> so, so that's my morning routine. It's, that's, it's baby dependent. That's a beautiful routine. And I can relate. I have a five-year-old. Um, and I love a month old. So I'm like all the sleep I can get, I'm going to do that. But I mean, sleeping and getting good rest is definitely yes. the best form of self-care, I think. So that's a good way. Yeah. Is just Especially with young life. children. Yeah. And I mean, look, he's two right now. So heck, he doesn't have school. He doesn't have a lot to, on his schedule. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, let him, let him like kind of like be his own man for a while, you know, <laughs> just have that freedom of sleeping and getting up whenever he wants. So it's like, we're both, we're both happy with that. I love that. I mean, and time is so precious. It goes by so fast. So I love that you're doing that and just being intentional about, okay, we're going to brush our teeth together. That's so, oh, I love that. All the feels. All right. So what is your favorite affirmation or quote? Um, I love, but here's something that I keep reminding myself of whenever like I'm feeling down and when things are not going right, because that's when you need affirmations the most, right? Um, one of my favorite is, uh, things always work out better than I expected. Mm. Um, and, and when I keep saying that it actually does happen all the time, things do work out better, especially when it's time. Like, oh, I'm like, this didn't work out bummer. Um, and so I keep reminding myself that things always work out better than I expect. And, um, also that, you know, there's a better path for me. Uh, I do love a lot of, I am affirmations, but I, I have this recent conflict with affirmations because I was thinking if I keep saying things to myself that I, you know, I don't feel are true, what kind of biological reaction does that set off in my mm-hmm. body? You know, is that like if I were on a lie detector test and I'm saying, yeah, I am, you know, amazing or I am, you know, whatever it is. And I don't really believe it, but does that kind of set up a reaction? But then I'm like, okay, let me, let me look at things and say, I am worthy. I am worthy. That's like, that's a general one. You're worthy. You could be worthy of anything that you want, right? So I am worthy is my one of my favorite ones besides the other one. I love that. And it's so funny because I always say the universe has a bullshit detector too. So <laughs> it's like, you don't have to force yourself to feel any way. Like you can feel, you know, however you want to feel in the moment, but you're right. Like no matter how you're feeling, you are worthy. I feel like that is such a good affirmation. That's a, that's a great one. I love those. All right. So let's jump in with you and how I want to know more about you, what your background is and how you got into the space. Okay. So um, my background is actually very different. I graduated from high school and I went straight into the workforce. Uh, Couldn't afford to go to college. uh, Didn't really have the means to do it. So I worked a lot of sales jobs. um, And then I landed a full-time job finally as a instructor, a fitness instructor in a weight loss center. And this was like a turning point for me because this is where I met my boss and mentor who I worked with for then 10 years uh, down the line. Um, I ended up being a general manager. I ended up getting my black belt in in kickboxing with him. Um, And this man really has been like the father figure in my life, the mentor, like the the entrepreneur that I look up to because he was an entrepreneur. He had several businesses. He still does. And I worked with him for a lot of those um, 
Uh, we then uh, shut down the fitness center maybe after seven or eight years. And uh, I joined him in his consulting firm. So I, from a manager in the fitness center, I now uh, am number two. I went into consulting because I learned so much over the years about management, mm-hmm. about leadership, uh, and done a lot of courses on the side as well, uh, that I was ready to actually consult other people on, on their businesses and HR and all of these things. Um, I did that for three years. And then um, it wasn't as satisfying for me as the management position because the leadership position allowed me to be in direct contact with people. And, and that's what I like. So I really like, you know, engaging with people one-on-one and also creating a lot of things. And that job allowed me to create a lot of things. With the consulting, it was mainly about you educating other corporations. And so there wasn't really that human connection that I, and I missed that a lot. Um, at the same time, I was having like a midlife crisis and I was like, oh my God, what am I doing in my life? This is really what I want to do. What I really, really, really wanted to do since, I was a very young child was to create for a living Mm. and it took a long time to understand what it would be would it be writing books would it be uh would I be an artist of some sort would I be an oil painter and so I tried a lot of these things in my life and finally one thing that stuck in my head was um I've always been also a video gamer all my life and I've loved video games. Um, they've helped me grow. They've helped educate me in many ways. They help, um, you know, um, take me out of uh, sometimes, you know, situations that weren't ideal, like, you know, you can escape in them. And so um, I wanted to do that for others. And I felt like with all the things that I'd learned, like I had gone to a stage where I'd learned uh, how to create music. I'd learned how to create I learned a little bit of coding. I, I know how to draw. I know how to do 3D designs. I was like, hmm, this all comes together. And I love to create stories. This all comes together in a form of an interactive medium, video games. And, um, you know, people have this misconception. Video games are all about fighting and killing and shooting. And it's not always about that. I've, I've played so many beautiful video games in my life that have touched me so much. And so I was like, mm-hmm. I want to do that. <clears throat> love that. And I somehow convinced my husband to join me and we uh, raised a little bit of money to uh, open up our indie game development studio in 2018. We both could quit our full-time jobs. We were like, if not now, then when? We've got to take the risk or we'll never do it. And so we did it. We, we established the story studio where um, our main goal or our main purpose, uh, our driving force was creating games for impact in whatever way we thought was possible whether it's creating a game about a certain um, world problem that we are passionate about, or whether it's just about raising money and then uh, you know providing a charitable aspect through the video game. So we created a lot of games. We created one about ocean plastic pollution or for the mobile. It was really simple. It was like kid-friendly. And, um, and then uh, two years down the line after our studio was open, we were doing good. We, we were still pre-revenue, so we weren't exactly making cash. Mm-hmm. every month uh, and we were still trying to figure out how we we're going to monetize our games so we we had quite a few deals that were in the pipeline with publishers one of them was a big deal in korea um and that was at the end of 2019 and then guess what happened in 2020 um yeah we all know what happened in yeah, 2020 yeah, we don't 2020, talk, the we year don't we don't talk about, about. <laughs> we don't talk about 2020 and so all all our deals kind of fell through um and we were kind of like at square one. We were, and, and not just that, we, we, we were new parents. We just had our baby in March, 2020, which is the beginning of the pandemic. And so it was really stressful. It was a very um, challenging year for us as new yeah. parents, as business owners, with this, this being our only source of revenue. And in a market where you can't really now say, okay, let us go back into the workforce because literally like people were losing jobs left, right and center. Yeah. So it, that wasn't even an option. And so um, tried a lot of different things, to be honest, to keep our business afloat, uh, seeing how we can branch out. And as a startup entrepreneur, one thing that people and mentors always tell you, and one thing you always learn in the startup ecosystem is you need to know how to pivot. You need to know how to pivot really, really fast. You need to know how to, if things aren't working, you need to, you know, give it your all. But then you you need to be able to emotionally detach and then go after something else. Yes. And so um, and so I was trying a lot of different things, how we can use our studio 
uh, to do different things. Uh, we did work for other publishers, created games for them. Um, it was low revenue, but at least we were doing something. And then in March, end of March, uh, one of my good friends who I've known since school, she, um, we were talking almost every week and she told me, she's like, have you heard about NFTs? And I was like, no, I haven't. And so she had heard about it because she's a big Gary Vee follower. And so she'd heard, uh, she'd been like learning about NFTs from that. And she's a good trader. She trades in crypto and in stocks. So she told me about NFTs and I was like, and she was like, you know, you would probably get it more than me because it's a little more techie than, than crypto. So look into it and it might be something you want to do. And that was when I looked into it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yes. And coming from a place of, I had heard about Bitcoin um, way early. I was like mining Bitcoin and then I stopped. And so I was like, I'm not going to do that same mistake again. I'm going to really look into NFTs, see how it can be a part of, if not a part of our business, how can it be a source of revenue or how can it be a source of investment for our future? Mm. And so I looked into it, started, uh, and at that time it was all one of one art, right? So, and I was in a really down and in? depressed. Sorry? What year did you get in? To uh, Last year. Okay. Last year in uh, April. Okay. So early April. Um, yeah. So that time it was one of one art was the ruler, you know, a, oh, pe- a lot of people were doing like this amazing art of foundation and yeah. open sea. There were not many collectibles at all. Um, and so the first thing that I created was a fuzzy mint, actually, it was a 2d fuzzy mint. And, uh, I just wanted to create, I was creating from a place of, um, desperation and depression, I guess. And so what I created turned out to be this really cute, adorable creature <laughs> instead of some dark, <laughs> some dark art. It was something really cute because it made me happy. And I was like, you know, let me see if it's going to make other people happy. And it did. And that's what started my NFT journey. I kind of lost my way a little bit then. And then I did one more darker one-of-one art. Yeah. And I just wanted to explore myself as an artist. Um, and then it all came together Um in one Twitter spaces, because I was doing fuzzy mints and then I was doing other stuff. So somebody um, went up on stage. So I was I was not a speaker, but I I'd go up on stage in the Twitter spaces because I had a question for the speaker. Um, and then I was done. And then somebody in the audience, they came up and they were like, I have a question, but it's for Saba. And I was like, okay, well, you know, what's that? What's all, what's all that about? Uh, and so they were like, you know, you were doing these fuzzy mints and I've been following you and now they're not there anymore. And I wanted one and I was saving up for it. And I was like, really? You were? Because I thought they weren't selling. It's like kind of burned them, you know, and everything. And that's what people were doing. If these things weren't selling, they would burn the NFTs. So, um, you know, scarcity, scarcity. So um, that really struck a chord with me. And I was like, hey, this is something that makes people happy. Uh, the people who did buy it, they did tell me that it made them really happy. It made them feel really positive. And so that's when I decided, okay, let me bring the fuzzy mints back, but let me bring them back bigger and better. Let me make a full project around them. And at this time, again, the 10K projects were not really popular. Mm. I'm talking June, you know, uh, I think May was BAYC. And then after that, there were very few projects that were coming up. So this was very early on. Yeah, uh, when I was actually um, doing, and I decided to do a 5K project. Um, and I'll talk more about that when we talk about fuzzy mints, actually. But that's how my NFT journey started, and then, um, and you know how it started with fuzzy mints, and then it came around full circle back to fuzzy mints. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's a long so story. <laughs> I know. No, it's wonderful. I mean, there's so many amazing takeaways. First of all, you and your husband are a dream team. Like coming together and becoming new parents through quarantine, through COVID and really using creativity to pivot and solve problems, you know, and, and thrive through all of it, even though it might not feel like it. I think that that is what really creates the legends as, you know, the, the ones who are really hit by certain obstacles and they can rise above it and figure a way out. So Kudos to you. That's amazing. Um, were you, did you grow up in Bahrain? Yes. Okay. I was born and brought up here. Okay. So are, is it similar to the U S in regards to, you know, we're in the U S we're taught, okay. Like you can't make money being creative. So a lot of women here, 
they, they shove it down and then they go to work every day. And there's like this creative side of them that just like dies Yeah, <laughs> uh, that it. Yeah. So I mean, I mean yeah, go I'd for it. I'd be lying if I said there's any place in the world where creativity is really celebrated yeah. um, and encouraged in maybe now with the new age, with our new generation of gentle mm-hmm. parenting, yeah. where we, that's the direction we're going into because creativity can be a means of sustenance for you as well, right? It doesn't have to be a certain business or job or a nine to five job. Uh, but yeah, definitely. We I grew up in a in a school where creativity was not celebrated. I grew up in a household where creativity was not celebrated. Um, in fact, you would be the odd one out, or you'd be made fun of, um, and things like that. And generally, in the place now, it's becoming um, you know something that is being celebrated. But growing up, it wasn't really. It was one of those things where you'd be like, hey, okay, if you want to stay poor, yeah, sure, be an artist. You know, yeah, if you totally. Be I mean, that's like that. That was the idea behind it. Um, or if, or you had to be like really good, like a legend to be an artist. And again, that's not true. And I think that puts a lot of pressure on people as well. Um, cause when you start creating things, you are constantly compared to people who have been creating for years. And that is so unfair because it takes years to get to a stage where you become, you know, a master or a legend. Yeah. And it doesn't happen overnight. So I think, um, and I see that in the in the space as well, right? Like where people come in with these expectations of what they've been seeing in the social in social media, where they think, oh my god, I can be a millionaire overnight, I, or I can sell like million dollar paintings. No, you can't. People did because he's been an artist for years. He's yep. been a struggling artist for years. You know, yep. it was never it was not an overnight success. That, but that's it's what work. it's been shown in the media. That's what. Because that's the big news items. That's how it works. Right? If you look at all the articles of NFTs around, and I'm, I'm like, oh my god, this is a person who doesn't do NFTs and is writing an article about NFTs, and you can totally tell because this is what yeah. they look at. They don't look at the journey and the process behind it. It's just, oh, you know, this 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 twelve year old has made five million dollars, and they're not looking at all the work that's been done in Web three before that. For you know, you might know who I'm talking about. It's like, yeah, that's not how it works. Yeah, totally. And, um, I know that with a lot of women coming to this space, myself included, where I grew up, you know, grew up, (laughs) I'm using air quotes, um, for my job, you know, in the corporate world. And now I'm coming out and I'm creating stuff. I'm like, do I call myself an artist? Like, am I an artist? (laughs) And I know a lot of women are like, it's hard for them to really step into that power and to own that, but we all are artists. So I love that, you know, you took that and you specifically were like, I want to create. How do I create? What can I create? And then you use games as a tool for positivity. And another thing that I love is that, you know, there's always a good side and, and a dark side to everything. And, and yes, yeah. you do hear about the games that kill people and, the, you know, the games that are, are violent and your kids shouldn't be doing that. They should be outside. But you see, I hear stories of you and what you're doing. And that sounds beautiful. I, I was talking to somebody in the space and they said that, their son was really shy at school and wasn't, you know, wasn't able to feel like he could step in and be a leader until he got into the gaming space and he really flourished and he became a leader and he led people in these games. And that really translated Mm -hmm. once he got back to school is that he really blossomed as a human. So you hear of all these amazing stories. So I love that you are really taking that out and bringing the light and being a positive light. It's so, that's so amazing to see. And Fuzzy Mints is so cute. And it's so interesting to hear that it was, it was really birthed out of, you know, more of a sad time. So yeah, definitely. We'll talk more about that for sure. in Fuzzy Mints. Um, so how do you think that we can better use technology to drive a positive force in this world? Like, what do you see out there? Like, what are some trends or what are some, what are some things you're like, Oh, like somebody could do this. Like we could look at it this way. Um, well, I, I think definitely making the place more inclusive, uh, first of all, because I do feel like this, the place is still very male dominated. It's still very, if you want to do new things, it's, it's kind of hard to find your place um, because the, the space gets very used to something that they keep seeing and then it keeps happening and it keeps happening. So I think definitely the more different, diverse group of people that are in the system, the more new things we can have from it. Um, and I mean, I, I definitely see Web3 going into a lot of different spaces. Well, first of all, 
the whole concept of ownership I find to be very positive. People can look at it in a negative light and they can say, oh, it's money laundering, it's whatever. It's, yeah. But I, I feel like the concept of ownership is amazing because it can benefit anyone in any part of the world that has an internet connection, right? And I mean, we live in this beautiful age where that's possible. This wasn't possible in our parents' generation. This wasn't possible 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I mean, I, I, I'm an 80s kid, right? So I, I grew up in an era where we had like landlines and we used to remember telephone numbers. Wow. So just seeing the technology and then web one and then web two and then web three. So I'm really positive that especially it's a group, it's, it's mainly individuals that have come in the space before corporations. And I feel like that's yeah. a great thing because it kind of like um, saves the space somehow from being tainted or from being monopolized I think by just a few key corporations or a few key companies. That is a fear though that I have in the NFT space that there are maybe some projects that are now so larger than life that they may become the Facebooks and the Googles of Web3 and kind of drive everything. And we kind of see that happening these days that you know, yeah. big projects are driving the NFT market. Um, and that is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because then you're kind of taking away the individual I would say power again of the space, but I see a lot of positivity coming from the space. I mean, one of the things that we did Same. when we did, did our project was we, one of the things that's so going back, one of the things we wanted to do as a studio is, is always allocate a certain percentage of our revenue to charity uh, from our studio. And that would be like, you know, from whatever revenue that we create. It was very, obviously it was very hard to, it's hard to manage because you're thinking, okay, is it coming from profit? Where is it coming from? Am I doing it on collection or whatever it is? With the Web3 space, it became so so easy because you could just integrate, you put a line of code in your smart contract and say, whenever somebody mints my NFT, 3% of it goes to charity and it's automatically in the contract and you don't even have to think about it and it's happening. Um, and so automating all of that is so easy and it's so transparent, I think. Um, and I think people get really scared of the rugs and the scams that are happening in this space, but what they don't realize, there's always a trail and... Um, and I think that this can actually save us because we don't know what corporations are doing in the world right now. We don't know what Web2, we don't know the banking system, what was happening. We really were in, in the dark. But here you see a lot of rugs happening because nothing can go, you know, nothing can go under your nose. It's all out there. So we Not see the a lot of rugs. <laughs> it's on the blockchain. So we notice yeah. it. And people will be thinking, oh my God, there's so many rugs in, in Web3. But there's drugs in web two as well. We just don't see it. Yeah. We don't see how like like how our data is being manipulated to sell things to us, you know, or we don't see all of these things. But in web three, you can see everything. Like you can see like a big, huge, giant paper trail. So I definitely think transparency will be a great thing. I think, you know, um, in the future, it could be like, you know, our passwords or travel documents could be NFTs. You know, imagine you know, the identity thefts could be stopped because of all of this, um, you know. So it's like, there's a lot of, uh, I think there's there's a lot of applications to NFTs. I see a lot of good happening. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just think, just think how can we better the world? Like, I think every day, whatever we are doing with it is making it better for the world to be growing it. Yeah. I, I power love- back to people. Yes, I love that. I love how you mentioned there are rug pulls in Web 2. It looks different. You can't see it. And also, like, what are people doing with their information? And that's such a good point yeah. is that, yes, like, there are rug pulls in Web 3, but it's trans- there's there's a lot of transparency. And rug pulls, not all the time, but a lot of times they are tied to certain wallets. And you can see the wallet's yeah. history and see, you know, what other projects they've been a part of. And you can do your research. And, you know, that's not yeah. always going to help you, but it is going to put you in a really, in a much better position. And also great reminder too, that yes, there are going to be big collections coming in, big brands coming in, but always remember to share, you know, everyone's stories, all the artist stories, go ahead and support the small businesses with the small collections with big ambitions and big hearts. And to a certain extent, you know, these, these big people coming in, yes, they have leverage in regards to hype. But, you know, the little guys, I'll, you know, I'll just say that, you know, I don't think anyone can beat their hearts, especially the people in this. Yeah. Space. And, so. and the innovation. I think yes. the, the innovation comes, it always comes from the little guys, to be honest. It yes. never comes from corporations. It always comes from 
you know, it, it comes from a place of need or a place of, okay, I want to do something different to, to make my position in this place. And corporations just come and they've been like kind of big following, um, like a, a copy paste kind of thing. It's not working. It's not working, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, individuals, youngsters are doing it in the place better than corporations. Do <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Okay. So before we start talking about fuzzy mints and all the projects you're working on, what are some ideas or how can we, like, what questions can we ask about, Hey, how can we incorporate gaming into our projects or what are just some ideas and ways that we can incorporate gaming? Well, uh, gaming is such a natural progression for any NFT collection, because if you look at a 10K collection, you've got 10,000 characters that can be your avatar in a video game. You know, so it's just a very natural progression, I feel. And when I first saw collections, that's what I, that's what came to my mind as a gamer. I was like, oh my God, you know, it's like, because people are doing it anyway. Like you have games like Fortnite, you have games like, you know, um, yes. Minecraft and everything. People have their avatars in it. And even before that, in social media, you have like your avatars in MySpace or whatever it is. So right now, our online presences are our uh, PFP collections, our avatars. Mm-hmm. And so it only makes sense that they can be then used to, uh, you know, uh, participate in a video game instead of just playing and spending money on accessories that you are literally renting out from developers or, you know, or, or, or the gaming corporations. You're actually just going to be owning your assets. You know, so you own the character and you own that rent hoodie that it's wearing and you own but in the past you have had these things so let's say I played Fortnite for two three years and I have these amazing characters it's all leveled up and then I'm like okay well okay I don't want to play anymore what do I do really nothing. I can sell my account sure but that's like not a huge market right um but in the NFT space I can sell my character this, this is an asset to me and if the game is big enough to have been continuing for years it would be a huge asset I would be a very high level player, um, you know, this is not for nothing that I did. I mean, even though, you know, when you see games now, it's not for nothing, you're having fun. But so, so yeah, definitely I think gaming is a natural progression for NFT collections, especially, um, and play to earn games. And I think it's, we're still very early in this. Um, and I think anyone who creates a game this year, at least in alpha, uh, you know, you're going to have success because there's a lot more people who will be coming into this space who will be wanting more, whether it's an avatar, whether it's a game, whether it's an ecosystem to be a part of. And and the thing is, there are big names now. Like, you could be priced out already of big places like Vanguard, Decentraland, or, you know, or other, other sites. Some people are already be priced out of it, but there could be more new games coming. Uh, that you could actually be a part of. That's very cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, whenever I see, whenever I'm in discords with collections with gaming, like it gets people excited, you know? So I think that is just another fun, unique thing that you can look at that not everybody's doing yet, um, but it is gaining a lot more traction. So is that something that your company can help with? We don't consult on um, uh, Web3 Gaming yet um maybe this is something we'll do in future uh but right now we are working on a web3 game um and we definitely think that this is the future for gaming as well for gamers as well it is a relatively um unsaturated market at the moment and uh, what we are experts at is creating hyper casual games that anybody can play so we've created uh, an, uh, a ton of games for the mobile um, which were termed as hyper casual, which are really games that anybody can play. You don't need a huge skill set level. You're talking about games like, you know, Angry Birds or like even even simpler, like, um, you know, runner games where you're just avoiding things. So your six-year-old and your 60 year old can play it just the same. So that's what our expertise lies. And that's what I think um, most people will appreciate in gaming is to make it accessible. And by accessible, I mean, you know, it's not heavily skill-based or you don't have to be like a sharpshooter or really good at a certain skill. You could do anything. And so keeping that in mind, um, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do in games that can keep things fun, engaging, as well as easy for people to do. That's what we, that's what we believe in. Oh, that's so interesting. I love that. I definitely think more NFT projects could, could use some more gaming aspects to their. Absolutely. 
That's amazing. All right. Well, tell us about the projects you're working on. I want to hear more about Fuzzy Mints. Right. Um, so, right, Fuzzy Mints, um, as I told you earlier, was the first um, NFT that I ever created and sold. That was a 2D version of the Fuzzy Mints. When I revamped the Fuzzy Mints uh, based on uh, what somebody asked me in the spaces, I decided to do them in 3D. Um, mainly because I wanted to create a 3D game out of them. And so I thought, and at the time, um, there weren't any 3D uh, PFP collections. There weren't, there aren't many now either, actually still. Um, and there were a lot of things that we actually did at the time that people had not even like, you know, heard of or imagined. So our first hundred, the first thing we wanted to do is, first of all, we were very tight on budget. And we, we had a, were having a hard time finding somebody to partner with when it came to uh, the smart contract. Because while we can do the game and the 3D modeling and the assets and everything, uh, we weren't really Web3 experts. So finding a partner to do the smart contract for us was a challenge. So before that, we were like, let's do the first 100 on OpenSea because we don't require a smart contract to do that. Mm -hmm. um, it will establish a few things for us. First of all, we'll find our first 100 supporters um, and we could actually create some kind of program for them uh, going forward that could give them special uh, rewards uh, going into the main collection. Um, and so also what we could see is if there is demand for this because one person coming up on a Twitter spaces it is definitely an indication of something, but it's not really, you know, it's not really telling me that there is a demand for this kind of uh, collection because everybody was now doing like uh, profile picture type collections. Fuzzy Mint is not really a profile picture type collection. It's more of a collectible, what we call a gaming and utility collectible. Um, it's not really a persona that you have online for you. It's more of a character that you have. You know what I mean? There's always been that differentiation. So we dropped the first 100. Uh, we did sell out. It took us 30 days, but we sold out. Uh, and we didn't we didn't think it was we didn't think that was bad at all because um, because yeah we had very few followers to start with. And whenever we used to talk about fuzzy mints, we had a really good um, feedback from people. So um, the the best thing was that because we sold 100, we now had a budget to set aside to do the smart contract and all of that because that takes actual money and you know to develop more to do the whole 5k collection um to get a a partner on board for the smart contract so we had the budget for that and we got a great partner we had we got snifty on board um and we're still working with them and uh yeah so we did the 5k collection um the first 100 we they are now special fuzzy mints the so fuzzy mints number 100 one to number 100 are called the fuzzy 100 and anyone who owns a Fuzzy 100 actually gets a share of the, all of the sales royalties from the primary sales as well as the secondary sales of all Fuzzy Mints. Um, so we have a, in our smart contract, we have multiple wallets where our funds go to. One of them is the Fuzzy 100 wallet where the money goes to directly. And then it's, um, it hasn't been distributed yet. The first distribution hasn't gone out yet because we haven't sold out yet. But that's when the first distribution is going to happen and everybody can go and see the wallet and there's this much ETH in it and waiting to be distributed. Uh, Fuzzy 100 were also kind of like our board of, you know, like our, our board, so to speak, you know. So we, uh, I would, uh, there's a lot of things that we discussed with them. So one of the things that we wanted to do was give back to charity. So we discussed three charities. Uh, Fuzzy 100 helped us uh, decide which charities they want to donate to. We had a lot of parents, so we ended up donating to a lot of child hunger charities. Um, we have three charities that we donate to right now as well through our smart contract directly. Uh, so 1% goes to each of them. And uh, they also help decide what our utility token will be called because the utility token will be the first step towards creating the game environment. The token would be our game currency. Uh, so they decided the name of the token, they decided to call it Fuzzbit. They decided the art of the token, what it would be called. Um, so really, they were like an advisory board, so to speak. Uh, they still are. Um, and yeah, we launched on September and in September. Um, and we had a roadmap of, okay, we're going to launch a utility token after this. And then we're going to do a naming utility. You'll be able to name your fuzziness because that was a really popular demand. Mm. Um, and then after that, we're going to have a leveling up system in our NFTs without the game. So that when you start the game, 
if you've been part of the ecosystem, you've been active, you'd actually have a high level fuzzy mint that you can start the game with and get more benefits and rewards as soon as you start the game, like you don't have to start from scratch. So there's a lot of things that we built um, into the system, a lot of innovation. We really pride innovation and we really pride ourselves in doing things that are very early in the scene or no one has done before or very few people are doing. So again, one of the things that we did is, um, and this is very funny because I remember going to some of uh, the projects that I was buying NFTs in and going to them and saying, hey, I have a project launch coming up and I can whitelist your community Mm-hmm. to my project um, if they come and join our discord and engage and they'll I likely them immediately I did a collab land for all those projects and this is like a norm now right like yeah. everybody's whitelisting everybody else's projects but at that time I actually had to educate project uh, leaders and creators and say here's how this can benefit your community yeah. they will get access to a project where they won't have to go through gas wars, they will have time to mint and things like that. And we will get access to a great community that you've already established. It's like a win-win. Oh my and God. so I remember that. I was, so I was like, hey, did I? And so amazing. I know, right? And, and I always keep telling my husband, I'm like, you know, I invented by this thing. And then <laughs> it was like, yes. and he's like, He's like, no, you didn't. I'm like, yes, I did. I was doing, I was literally educating people and talking to them. And I went to a few different projects and a few projects that actually pride themselves on like whitelisting other projects right now didn't get it at the time and they were like no I'm sorry we can't be associated with any new projects and I was like okay you know but now it's like the norm now it's like a benefit that you give to your community right that you're giving them access to other project drops Um, but yeah that's something innovative we were doing but I think it was way too early that we were doing that so we did get good people out of it we did get great community members um and then um a challenge i think has always been for us is getting that hype across getting the marketing across um that has always been a a challenge for us we are absolute we absolutely crush it when it comes to creation and like you know and, and and doing new things and doing exciting things um so yeah that's our that's our strength right um and yeah and 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 so everything that we did though um it's funny because it's like when you start a project, you don't think that it would all tie in together so nicely. So there are things that I wanted to do with Fuzzy Mints that now make sense. And I understand, hmm, I like I wanted people to name their Fuzzy Mints because, you know, it was a cute thing to do. I love that. Yeah. Um, but now we're, I'm kind of um, putting the blocks together and seeing, okay, why is that going to be important? Um, so Another innovative thing about Fuzzyman is that we are building a family-friendly NFT brand. So we're going to have a family-friendly play-to-earn game, but there are going to be other aspects of the collection that will speak to the family-friendly um, purpose that we are we're going towards. So one of the things that we are that I'm working on this is really new. But since you said the podcast is coming out next week, I'm going to talk about it because I'll have announced it by then. <laughs> so you're getting like the first scoop. Um, one thing that I'm working on right now is a children's book um, uh, draft um, because obviously fuzzy men come with positive vibes and they're cute fuzzy characters that children love um, already because they're naming them with their parents. So one of the things that I want to do is again give back to my holders. So we will be selecting a few specific fuzzy men that will be featured in the storybooks that can then get the royalties from the sales of the books as well. So cool. Um, and so a criteria to be featured would be you would have to name your fuzzy mint because a huh. great storybook needs to have a great character's yes. name, right? So so it, it kind of now comes together. So naming is not that. just like a, you know, it's not just a utility. It's not just nice to have anymore. It kind of ties in with our children's book, yeah. um, you know, and, 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 you know, I have ambitions of doing like animated series and, you know, maybe even like a fuzzy world someday, um, you know, and I've talked about this with my community as well. The idea is to build a long-term sustainable family-friendly brand. Um, and so it starts with, you know, innovating as much as possible. We're doing the leveling up on chain. So every time somebody levels, uh, like for example, um, yeah, I think I didn't mention this, but our utility token is out. So people already are collecting fuzz bits on a daily yeah. basis if you have and a fuzzy mix. What does the token get them? Like, you know, is it access to gaming, like game, like game areas or? 
Yeah. So right now, the token gives you access to our Fuzzy Fam section on the website, where you can claim different types of utility. The first utility is being able to name your fuzzyman. So it costs to name your fuzzyman, and you can do it multiple times. The second utility would be you'd be able to download a companion NFT using your fuzzbit. And that, again, is going to level up your fuzz, fuzziness. So, so we have a trait in our, in our NFT called levels, and everyone starts at level one. And whenever you claim a utility, you jump up a level. And so when you start the game, whatever level you have on your fuzziness is the level you start the game in. And fuzzbit will be the only way for you to access our fuzziness game. So again, it all kind of ties in together, the ecosystem, like nothing is just like, oh, just for fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we do have ideas for merch and things like that, but we really want to incorporate things like as a whole, instead of saying, okay, we now have merch and you can do it. We want to always make sure that we're giving back to the holders in some way. So like, which fuzzy mints are we going to choose for merch? What kind of merch? Like, how are they going to benefit from it? So um, I think, uh, Caitlin, the challenge has always been again, is that, um, we're currently at 700 minted out of 5,555, okay. um, which to a lot of people, they look at it and they're like, oh my God, your project uh, didn't do too well. I'm like, no, it's doing great. Like, yes. We're doing amazing progress on it. I think so. And the sellout and mint out is inevitable, right? Yeah. If you're working on something consistently, it's going to happen. It's just not right away. And um, I feel like because it's been happening slowly, it takes a lot of pressure off of me to kind of now manage a, a, a humongous community yeah. and expectations of more prices instead of just building and creating the brand that I envision Fuzzy Mints to be. So while it's, while I have like panic attacks every single day about, oh my God, I haven't sold out my project oh. yet. Like I have a mini panic attack every day. I remind myself, wait a minute, this gives me the freedom to be able to build an amazing brand, an amazing yes. product, not NFT collection. So Honestly, yeah. This is such a good case study because your project is so in-depth. There's no stone left unturned. And I feel like anybody listening to this needs to go home and like get out their notepad and take note of what you are doing in this space. Like this is incredible. Yeah. And I love your mindset of, if I'm working hard on this, it's inevitable. My, the sellout is inevitable, you know? And I yeah. think that people have, have this thing in their minds where they have to launch and they have to sell out in two days. And yeah. no, that's not what makes it successful or not. It's successful of like how much you are willing to go along with it and how much, yeah. the, how much work you can put in it. And, you know, and if you're in it for the long haul, like that's all that matters. So I love that. Yeah. that out. That's very well, cool. Thank you. How do they get tokens? Is it by holding on to the Fuzzy Mint? Um, yes, they don't do anything. Fuzzy Mint collects tokens every day passively. Okay. Um, and you just go to our website and you claim it. So we made our Fuzzy Mints are on the Ethereum blockchain, but our tokens, we made, put it on Polygon because gas fees. Yep. So uh, what we wanted to do is make sure that people are using the system, the ecosystem, instead of having to worry about gas fees and, you know, kind of it's deterring them. So when you go on the website, um, we have like instructions. We also have a huge white paper, by the way, on our website that tells okay. um, exactly what we're doing with our project. Um, I'm completely doxxed as a creator. Um, I now have two more. I've added two more people to my team from the community. So they're holders of Fuzzy Mints that we just joined uh, last month. And so the, uh, I'm sitting in all the way in Bahrain. And there's events happening in the U.S. and Europe. And so I was like, I need people that are based in the U.S. And so community members, uh, uh, you know, are there now. So I have uh, Tom and Netta who work with me. So Tom is going to VCon. I'm like, yes, VCon. You're going to VCon because I can't go to VCon. I love Tom. And you can talk about Fuzzy yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been trying I know, to right? He's a cool guy. He's awesome. Tom is awesome, and Netta too. So that's another of my team members. Um, yeah. So I think I think um, we're growing organically. We have 1.5k followers on Twitter, and I find that to be amazing because it's, these are all real people. We've never like we've never advertised or anything like that. It's all been organic growth. So um, you know, I think, um, and I think. I think we just want to, um, I think, I, I think this is something that maybe we can, uh, Caitlin, that I feel like maybe you would be good at in doing as well as, you know, getting rid of the stigma of that instant sellout 
or that I've been trying so so hard (laughs) because you know it's like when people go on somebody's twitter account if they see 2k followers they're not as confident as buying into their project but if they go to an account and it has to 50k followers they might all be fake followers it's just hype and so I really think that um you know people in the space need to do a little more research on what and invest in things that are actually like love to hold and the vision that they'd like to be a part of instead of like just going with the flow, what everyone's doing. Exactly. Um, and I've been, I've been working on that on TikToks, on Twitter. And I think just, you know, having you come on and tell your story and talk about this is, you know, is so helpful. Yeah. So everybody today is going mint a fuzzy mint. That's yes. it. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I am like so impressed with everything that you're doing with you in general, all your background, where can we find you and follow you? We're on Twitter, uh, so it's just Fuzzy Mints. Um, uh, you can follow us on Instagram. M I N T. Yeah, F U Z Z I E M I N T S. Okay. Yes. So we're our website is fuzzymints.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm Sabamix NFTs. So if you find one of us, either Fuzzy Mints or me, you'd find like the whole perfect. We'll link everything too. All the links that you gave me, I'll put. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. I have so many other questions for you, (laughs) but, um, yes, I know it's late there. So thank you so much. We should do part two. Yeah, (laughs) seriously, we should. All right. I will follow up with you on that. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for having me, Caitlin. It's been amazing talking to you and yeah, I absolutely love what you're doing. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Caitlin here. Thank you so much for listening to the Women in NFTs and Web3 podcast. If you're a woman pioneering the way in the NFT, Web3, or crypto space, I want to share your message. Check out www.metamintmarketing.io slash win, W-I-N. And let's see if you're a great fit. If you got something out of this interview, I would love for you to share it with your network. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your social channels. If you know someone that would be a great guest, make sure to tag them to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Women in NFTs podcast. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and truly mean a lot to my incredible guests and me. Want to stay in our world? Go to our website, metamintmarketing.io, or follow me on Twitter at NFTCaitlin, C-A-I-T-L-I-N. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.